This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're a bit strapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Our guest today is Cliff Gross. He serves as the CEO of Tech Capital. He's passionate about the development and commercialization of university IP to improve the quality of life and create lasting value. Previously, he founded Biomechanics Corp and UTech, where he served as CEO and chairman and was president and CEO of InnovaCorp, a, a provincial venture fund of Canada. Cliff, are you ready to take us to the top? Absolutely, to the apex. Good, very good. All right, tell us what Tech Capital is and, and what's the model? How do you guys generate returns for yourself? Yeah, tech Capital is a UK-based uh, intellectual property investment company. And uh, we generate revenues by providing services to universities and companies around the world, as well as acquiring and investing in what we believe are promising university discoveries. And, and give me a real example of that. Tell me about the last deal you did. Uh, the one of the one of the, we have multiple uh, portfolio companies, but uh, one of the technologies that we've invested in was actually in the category of medical devices, and we set up a portfolio company called Bellascura, and we acquired a range of medical devices uh, from a leading medical device company, and Bellascura has been doing terrific uh, since its inception 18 months ago. So we think it's our, our best success story today. What does that have to do with universities? Well, a lot of the technology, when you deconstruct it, comes from universities, even though it may be in the hands of a corporation. Okay, and what, like, how are, do you have, are you having to negotiate with the universities to make sure, like, you know, you don't owe them 50% of the revenue because the business did a bad deal to get the IP in the first place? Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, let me explain how it works. Uh, first, you start with the network. So we've built what we believe is the world's largest network of research universities. We have about 4,500 universities in our network online. What does that mean in your network? Well, we've built an electronic network where we capture the intellectual properties available for license from universities in 160 countries. And then we mine those, uh, those intellectual properties for the ones that hopefully have the highest potential. And so this is, it's really leveraging the, University Idea Factory writ large. How do you measure? How do you measure with such a big data set? I mean, how, what factors go into you trying to determine what's going to be a big success and what's not? Uh, it's a couple of things. Uh, well, cert- we have certain themes that we like to invest around, and of course, when we're engaged by a client, uh, they give us the theme that they're interested in looking at properties for. Uh, what we do is we have uh, sixty science advisors in different verticals that do the initial due diligence on properties that are of interest to us. And then we have another business called Invention Evaluator that assesses the market potential of those discoveries. And then we make a decision like any investment committee would as to whether or not we want to acquire the rights to those properties and commercialize them. So what sectors do you like focusing on? There's a couple, actually. Um, One of them is uh, making food healthier. And we've acquired a couple of really uh, neat technologies in that sector. From what university? Uh, uh, One was from the University of Arkansas. Uh, 
we've acquired two technologies. Uh, one is actually uh, a new form of salt, a new way of manufacturing table salt that has, uh, in table salt uh, version of it, it has 78% less sodium, so it's healthier for the users. Uh, and then uh, another area that we're, we're keen on is augmented reality. Uh, we've acquired a portfolio of 13 optics patents from the University of Central Florida that uh, allow you to make uh, freeform optics designs in glasses that are lightweight, not bulky, and should look like normal glasses. So we're very keen on augmented reality. And, and what do you pay? Like, give, give us some, give us a sense of like what you pay for something like that, or what's the structure of the deal with the University of Florida? Uh, we use a uh, forward revenue sharing model, which we developed, which allows us to acquire the rights uh, relatively inexpensively upfront, and then share a percentage of the success down the road with the institution. So you got these from the University of Florida basically for free, right? Uh, we wouldn't say for free, but uh, you know, for a modest price. And, uh, and then if we are successful in commercializing them, it'll be a win for us as well as for the research institution and the faculty members that worked on the idea. And is this like what we typically see where they're taking like a five, a 10, a 20% royalty? Yeah, royalties, uh, uh, correct. Royalties vary depending upon the industry. You know, certain industries have razor thin margins, as you know, and others are, are more, more um, um, lucrative. So you can have larger royalty rates. So it really depends on the industry, what the royalties are. What for augmented reality? What what's a typical royalty range? I think five percent would be the uh, right ballpark. Okay, and why does the University of Florida do this deal with you instead of selling these things to someone more well positioned to commercialize, like a Google or an Apple? Well, I, I guess if they could, they would. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a somewhat opportunistic market. It's a buyer's market in general. If you look at the if you step back and look at the universities worldwide. Uh, they're producing more than 100,000 uh, intellectual properties a year, and they have perhaps a million in inventory that have gone unsold or licensed. So uh, really, uh, there's a big chasm between university IP and creating marketable technology. And our job is to select properties, hopefully sagaciously, so we can help cross that chasm by adding value and making them ready to license or commercialize with a large partner. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay. At nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. helps me so much. And by the way, Look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14 day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's given us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever. So go get it now. Nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Now, when you do these deals like the one you do with the University of Florida, I know you said you acquire them relatively inexpensively, but that's relative. And I don't know enough about you to know what that might actually be. I mean, are we talking less than a million bucks or more than a million bucks? Less than a million. And it's the University of Central Florida. Central. 
Okay, sorry about that. University of Central Florida. So, okay, good. So you get it for less than a million bucks. You pay royalties, you know, call it five-ish percent uh, over time once you commercialize. And how? Wh- what are you funded by? Did you, I mean, is this like a venture capital fund? you have LPs or how does it work? Uh, we, uh, we started the company in 2014, was incorporated, and uh, we did a listing on the AIM, which is the junior market of the uh, London Stock Exchange. And so our, our capital came from, uh, inst- primarily from institutions. And how much did you raise? Uh, all in uh, around nine million dollars. Okay, got it. And and what? Um, how many deals will you like to spread, or how much time will that nine million dollars last you? Uh, we uh, we don't need capital at this point. Business is really flying. You know, in the first six months of this year, uh, we did three point eight million in sales, and we made about a million and a half dollars. Our, our our service revenue is up. We have portfolio companies that are maturing very rapidly. So the only time we'll actually go and get an additional capital is if uh, there are opportunities that we want to sort of jump on that are beyond our current uh, capital. You, you said in the fir- in Q1 you did 3.8 million top line or in the first half of 2017? Uh, first half. In the UK, companies report every six months as opposed to quarterly. Yeah. So uh, in the first half, it was 3.8 million. And, and break that revenue down for me. Is most of that coming from your category of making food healthier or augmented reality? Uh, it's coming from a combination of the services that we're providing, which I really haven't described yet, which I'm happy to do. Please. And and the appreciation of our portfolio companies. We have seven of them. Uh, So the services, uh, just really, uh, we have three services that we provide to companies and universities around the world. Uh, One is invention discovery. When a company wants to identify promising new university technologies that may give their particular product lines a boost, we will produce a report for them that will identify uh, technologies available for immediate license in the particular sector that the company is interested in. So those are, you know, invention discovery reports. Then we have another service called invention. Well, hold on. What, what do people pay on average for that first one? What are they? Well, it, it really depends on the uh, on the scope of the assignment. You know, it's highly variable. It's a bespoke service, a very knowledge intensive. Uh, so it really, it really depends. I mean, are we talking ten thousand dollars or ten million dollars? No, I would, you know, more, you know, ten thousand ish, fifty thousand. It depends on the the extent of the assignment, and the the assignments usually last a month, and often they're repeated. Some clients are on board now since the very inception. They keep, you know, uh, repurchasing the service. They don't want to miss something exciting that might be going on at one of the major universities of the world. And when was inception? Uh, well, again, the business was uh, Tech Capital PLC was incorporated in 2014. Okay, but was that the start, or did you do something before that, and then you know you worked on it a few years and then incorporated? Uh, no, we had uh, we had probably a year and a half ramp up as we built our uh, electronic network for capturing the data worldwide. So you know we had some uh, some uh, sort of in house uh, housekeeping that we had to do to prepare ourselves to be able to offer the service. And of the 3.8 you did in, in Q, actually, I don't want to go back to that because it sounds like you were going to keep going and describe more of your services aspect. Was it, Were there other elements of that? Yeah, there are. There are. Uh, we have an invention evaluator service, which is a terrific service that we provided to around 250 universities around the world and a few large companies. And basically, uh, it allows uh, those companies to evaluate a new invention in terms of what is the market potential of the invention. So we produce a report delivered to the customer within 10 business days. So that's a uh, really a, it's a lovely service for allowing companies and universities to get their mind around the market opportunity of new technologies that they've developed. And then a uh, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, and is there a third? Yeah, there is. <laughs> we have a, uh, we acquired a company a year ago called Vortex Group, which is a uh, executive placement service, but it only places a certain type of individual. And those are people who are experts in technology transfer and technology commercialization. So those are the three services that we're offering to research institutions worldwide and companies. And it has a dual benefit. It not only generates revenue, uh, but it also keeps us very tight with the university supplier network globally. So of the 3.8 million in the first half of, of 2017, what percentage came from those man- those services? Uh, I would say around 650,000. Okay, so the majority is coming from the appreciation of your of your other assets. Yeah, exactly. Okay, makes a lot of good sense. Now, what are you, I mean, what's the team look like? Is this just you at Tech Capital or how many folks are on the team? Uh, we have 15 people inside full-time and we have 60 people part-time, which are scientists that do the deep dive uh, and due diligence on the technologies. And we're constantly adding to the team. And where's Open- where's home? Where's where's uh, headquarter? Uh, it's in, it's in uh, Oxford, England. And we also have an office uh, in Miami and one in Singapore. Very good. Cliff, let's wrap up here with the famous five. These are quick one word answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, there's two, if you don't mind. That's okay. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> they're, they're sort of all their egos of one another. One is Startup Nation, uh, you know, which the other is Amyloid's Chess Problems. Uh, so those are the two. What was the second one? Sam Lloyd's Chess Problems. Sand Lloyd's Chess Problems. And what's that about? Sam, like, like Samuel. Sam Lloyd uh, is a great uh, chess strategist. He wrote a brilliant book on on solving chess problems. And, he, you know, he shows you positions on the board and then you have to sort of figure out, uh, you know, mate and two, mate and three, et cetera. And so it's a, it's a terrific intellectual exercise, which is sort of the, uh, the essence of what Startup Nation is about, which is, you know, creating you know, entrepreneurial companies in Israel. Number two, Cliff, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, two again, actually. Um, uh, Elon Musk, for obvious reasons, uh, and uh, Warren Buffett. Number three, what is your favorite online tool? Uh, I like, uh, I'm a little traditionalist. I like, I like Google search the best. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? On a good night, four hours. On a good night? Yeah. What do you, get on, a- what do you get on average? <laughs> Uh, a little less than that, and, it's, and I don't recommend it, but it's you know it's been a lifetime habit. What's your situation? Are you married, single? Do you have kids? Um, I was married. I had two fabulous kids, uh, and now I'm okay. So, so single, two kiddos, and how old are you, Cliff? I'm sixty. Okay, so are you? Are, are the kids are out of the house, which maybe is why you know you can kind of use all the time to just harvest your energy, keep it, and then only sleep three and a half hours a night. Well, it's I don't, it's a lifelong habit. It's hard to break it, you know. So I'm just going with it. All right. Last question. Take us back 40 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? That brain power isn't scalable. (laughs) There you guys have it. Brain power is not scalable. From Cliff Gross, again, he founded his company, uh, Tech Capital, many years ago, focused on helping, uh, whether it's companies or universities, monetize IP. Uh, There's a lot of it pent up that hasn't been commercialized. Him and his team are constantly scanning it, figuring out what can be commercialized. At the same time, they're offering three different services to these uh, either companies to help them find IP at universities to scale and build into their own businesses as they grow. They've got 
about 3.8 million bucks in uh, first half 2017 revenue, taking a healthy amount of that to the bottom line, growing fast. Cliff, thank you for taking us to the top. Oh, it's a pleasure, Nathan. Thanks for your time.